Town Hall Academy, Episode 1. I'm sort of of the theory that in order to really have a loyal following, you have to provide a commitment to your particular mission and how you carry yourself, the culture of your business. And therein lies where I think you're going to make everybody do really well. Welcome, automotive aftermarketers, to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Welcome, aftermarketers, to the matching audio podcast of the Town Hall Academy video on improving customer loyalty. This is Carm Capriato, your host. Now, as you know, we take a single topic each week with an industry panel and broadcast live Fridays at 12 noon Eastern on my webinar platform and on Facebook. You can learn all about connecting at this URL, remarkableresults.biz slash townhall. See the show notes for this Town Hall Academy at remarkableresults.biz slash A001. Now, I understand that not everyone has the time to sit in front of a video screen or to be on Facebook. That is the power of podcasting, the digital audio broadcast that's so portable and easy to find. Every video is on my website's learning page or on my YouTube channel, and now you have the additional resource of having the Town Hall in podcast format. And if you have my iOS or Android app, you'll find the Academy episodes right there. Now, I guarantee powerful education in each episode. See, it's your peers who put on this tutoring and share with you their ideas, best practices, and insights into what works for them and where they've had their own success and challenges. Mostly, we are here to spread wisdom and expertise. It's like a documentary, but in simple terms, it's a seminar and transfer of knowledge for you. Now, keep in mind, every guest has offered to present and has the passion for the subject. You now have another powerful resource of educational content inside the Remarkable Results Radio brand. Now, use it to improve your knowledge base and success and schedule a lunch and learn with your team. The library of episodes grows each week. My passion is to be the catalyst of the storehouse of wisdom and knowledge that exists in the aftermarket and serve it up for you in this powerful digital audio space. Hey, thanks for being here, and by your support, you keep the wheels churning for both you and me. Now listen to Improving Customer Loyalty with Jody DeVere, Greg Skolnick, and John Epstein. Here we go. And this is the first inaugural town hall. Uh, excited about it, and I wanted to thank you all for being here Let's jump into our, our the purpose we're all here, the, 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 the town hall, and let me introduce my guests. Jody's the CEO of Ask Patty, very, very well-known brand in our industry. Jody works with automotive retail locations to become certified female-friendly, and it's all about learning how to create a culture and experience that attracts and retains loyal woman customers. What are we talking about today? How to create loyal customers. And Jody, I thought you were just so perfect to be on. Thank you so much. Well, for thank you, Carm, for having me. Jody and I did a podcast in 2016. It was episode 81. If anyone, anyone wants to hear and Jody have a, have a great discussion, episode 81. Next is Greg Skolnick. Now in my screen, he's in the top right corner. Hello. Say hi. Hey, buddy. He's from Motorworks in Rockville, Maryland. Uh, he owns and manages, of course, MotorWorks. It's a four-day-a-week business. He is certified as a master automobile technician and holds the prestigious L1 Advanced Engine Performance and Admission Analysis Certification. In November of 2004, Greg also received his AAM from Automotive Management Institute. Congratulations on that, Greg. And Greg was uh, Greg and I did a one-on-one in episode 46, and I loved him so much. 
But I invited him back to, in episode 63. We had uh, talked about business coaching. And then my most favorite subject, Greg came back and we did a roundtable on the E-Myth. And, um, and boy, that was great. That was episode 69. So if you type in Greg's name in my website, you'll see three episodes come up. Thanks uh, for that, Greg. And then John Epstein. John is the owner of John's Automotive here in San Diego. And he admits he was a better tech than a businessman, but did something about it. And, you know, that that takes put the ego on the shelf attitude. That was really good, uh, John. One thing he credits for his success is making his customer his main focus. Oh, I think you're all here for the right yeah, reason. John was honored as the 2016, get this now, just last year, the Napa ASE awesome. Technician of the Year. Congratulations. Awesome. Man. Yeah. He's been in business since 1998, and he and I had an episode together, episode 119. The premier town hall of the automotive aftermarket talk about improving customer loyalty at the shop. Uh, it almost sounds like a New Year's mm. resolution. Doesn't Should it? be everyone's. So how do you really, gang, how do you define customer loyalty? Well, first of all, I, the word loyalty is kind of a strange in this particular situation because it's it's kind of like an eggshell. I mean, your customers are really, they're going to be loyal uh, to you as long as you have that relationship with them and they feel comfortable. And it's so fragile, you have to respect this because if you BS somebody, they're going to know like right there and it's done. So as far as loyalty is concerned, we kind of like look at this. I know we talk about loyalty programs and buy one, get four or whatever, buy, you know, the oil change cards and all this. All of that is great, but that's all money-based stuff. I'm sort of of the theory that in order to really have a loyal following, you have to provide a commitment to your particular mission and how you carry yourself, the culture of your business. And therein lies where I think you're going to make everybody do really well. It is a symbiotic relationship, okay? We are in the relationship business here. Think of it this way. Remember the TV show Cheers, right? The tagline in the song uh, of Cheers was, you want to go where everybody knows your name. And it's the bottom line is that when somebody walks in the door in your front door and you say, hey, Mrs. Smith, how you doing? They light up. If you go, I'll be with you in a minute. Or if you don't acknowledge them when they walk in the door, you're shooting yourself in the foot right at the beginning. All of these little systems that we've built over the years uh, to take care of people, um, it's all based on putting yourself in their shoes and viewing you at from their eyes. And that's um, that takes a little practice. Jody, is it treating people like you want to be treated? Um, not necessarily. I, I think that it's a it's about a commitment to culture in in that word culture, because I think the shop owner or the owners of the management are the ones that have to carry that mission of culture, and it's a decision that you make to be consistent in delivering the ultimate customer experience. And culture is has a lot of variations, and it, it can be very subtle in in just like the greeting. But it is a it is a culture of really understanding how important your customers are to your business and doing things right. And the same way, I think consistency is very, it's like, okay, this week we're going to have a good week and I'm going to be good to the customers, but then something happens. So the owners and the management of shops really need to make a decision to, 
to have a culture mission and to maintain it and to train for it. I do not think, in my opinion, that automatically your employees know how to deliver that. They need training. So, you know, we could talk about that a little bit. It doesn't necessarily come naturally or, you know, just because I said I was going to do it doesn't mean I will do it. Need to be training and ongoing training and have a process in your business to, to uh, checks and balances, which is one of the questions you're going to ask me about that. Jody, when you uh, do research on certifying people for Ask Patty, do you look at very much so? Big? Actually, uh, we interview every client. We look at all of prior to certification, we're looking at all their reviews. We're, you know, so the culture is about how they present themselves in their market. So we research how they're presenting themselves. This could be something as simple as, you know, what they're putting on their website, what they're posting on Facebook. These are all touch points, what we call touch points that consumers get an opinion about you. And so it's very important that you have that consistent, that consistent message going out to them. And the way I put it, it's sort of like your cheer statement is who do, who do I want to be known for? What do I want to be known for as a company? What do I want to be known for? And, and you need to make a list. And, and one of the things that I can say, if you're good community citizens in your market, that's something that's part of loyalty and customer retention. So how are you delivering that message? So, so I think it's really about really looking at your own business with new eyes to see what are you known for? What are you known for now? And what do you want to be known for? And then create a mission around that and then set out to do that and know that consumers have uh, many eyes on you in many ways. Not just the experience they have at the shop, although that's the ultimate important one. They actually learn a lot about you. Sometimes they won't come in at all or, or call you because the image that you're and your branding image out in the public that you're not paying attention to maybe necessarily is delivering the wrong message. John, how about you? How do you define customer loyalty? Uh, you have a great customer service story that defines your culture. Yeah, it, it's really it's really tough to gauge that. Um, you know, we have a regular you know discussion with everybody on you know we need to take care of the customers. They're got to be our main focus, and it's you know we get a new employee that comes in and we go over that, and a lot of them fall back on their old experiences and. You know, we have a had had a case the other day where somebody came in and they had uh, come in while we had a special going on, and they couldn't get in during the special. It was two days later, and my new advisor said, "Oh, well, we can't honor that." And I kind of stuck my head out the door and is like, "Hey, you know, he was here. He knows about it. Let's just handle it." And he was like, "Well, they wouldn't let me do that at my last place." A lot of people bring that baggage from their last place of employment yeah loyalty you know you know like greg said it's you can't put a your thumb on it you can't it's hard to gauge because just like he said one little thing goes wrong and somebody's out the door and if you're not paying attention to that it could be two years down the road before you go wow miss green hasn't been in and you'll never know why so you know some of the things that that we do is we call everybody three days after they've been in and we, we talk to them. We ask them, Hey, you know, how, how was your visit? How did things go? What can we do better? And some of my best, uh, ideas for things that we do for our customers came from asking our customers what they wanted 
And not all of them are going to tell you, you know, they'll say, oh, you know, cheaper prices. You know, that's one we hear a lot. When we get that, it comes back to, hey, you know, we need to do a better job of selling ourselves and selling the the value and, you know, what we're providing. Great. I love it. It is a great start for for our first premier town hall. You can have a great culture, but how do you really measure where customer loyalty is? Do you measure the numbers? How do you do it? I, I'm just so curious to find out how you put your finger on that it, measurement. It's a combination of things uh, in, in our world. Trying to come up with a metric like John was talking about is really difficult. We did develop a um, a client trending tool. It's a, a metric that's measuring over the last 12 months from whatever today is when I'm doing this, how many clients were serviced, how many cars we're serviced and the age of the car, the mileage of the car. So, so we're watching these trends as the cars get older because people are holding on to them longer and they're, they don't break down as much. How many clients we've actually serviced. So, so this tool goes 12 months, 24 months, 36 months. So basically I'm looking at three years worth of data and you can see the, the numbers going up or down, whether we have more clients or less clients. Uh, whether we have more cars or less cars. It's not just about the number of ROs that are, we're doing because that's, I mean, it's important to, to have those metrics because it really, what it's telling me, well, we're in the Washington, D.C. area and it's very mobile, meaning people are moving in and out all the time. And my, our particular demographic is primarily, I mean, it's like 65% women. They're between 45 and 55 generally, but they're getting older and a lot, they've been with us over 17 to 20 years. And so these people are stopping driving. They're some, unfortunately, some are, you know, gone from the planet now and we're getting newer clients in. But the, the concept is, are we getting enough new clients in to compensate for the ones that, have, that are, are leaving? So that's the, where the metric part comes in. The second part, Karm, has to do with reading the testimonials. What's the statement behind their statement? so to speak. We rarely have a a problem testimonial. We do. I mean, you can't be all things to all people. What you read between the lines is what I hear a lot in our company. And that is that my next car has to be a car they work on because we only do Honda and Toyota brand vehicles. So Honda and Acura and Toyota and um, Scion and Lexus. So the, the decision of the car that they're going to buy has to be based on us working on it. I'm telling you that person's loyal. Okay. If they're making that decision based on that, they love us. Okay. So I also, the second part of that is every so often you'll see something where it says they're a little pricey, but they're worth every penny. Bingo. I got an evangelical there, you know? Yes, you do. It's it's exciting to hear what you're doing. And I have a follow-up question for you. As you say, you looked at your trends. Are there customers names attached to those? Are you actually then extrapolating that out and looking at an individual customer value? Or Absolutely. Value? Well, it's two de- two separate reports because the trending one just gives me the, the numbers, how many, okay? There's a second report that we've created that pulls the data out of our uh, shop management system that gives me the specifics. Um, and I can set the, the time period for that and say, if I want people that haven't, haven't been in in 18 months or between this date and this date. And it will show me all of the data, including my remarks field um, in, in my, in this SMS system. So the idea is that, and I can edit that 
from there, which is awesome. My, my son specially built this thing for me. But it gives me the ability to sort by dollars, by date, by alphabet, alphabet alphabetized, uh, all that kind of stuff. So those kind of things are, if you can get a tool, get a handle around the data that you're already collecting, I think it's really important. And you can actually call these people Thanks, from friend. that. I absolutely love what you just said. In fact, I, I, I think it, it's, it's almost worthy to have a, another episode on how to, how to extrapolate the data and how to, how to, how to manage it. And, and I'm not sure how many SMS systems have good trending reports in, in maybe it's just this CSV file and you're doing pivot tables or something. I don't know, but Jody measurement. Yeah, so I'll speak to that, and I would love to be on another episode, and I can recommend some great guests. There are many tools available to shops today to help them. In the old days, everything was done on paper, and then you had spreadsheets, and and some of the systems out there are a little annotated in the data, because we're living in a data-driven world now. I believe in that. That's how I run my business. I'm all on the cloud. I'm, I'm... cutting edge because it makes your life so much easier to run your business based on facts rather than assumptions. You know, and all due respect to reading your testimonials, that's great soft information. It's great feedback, but that data isn't helping you make good business decisions that are based on facts. So, and I happen to also work in the new car dealer world and they have many tools that help them. They know exactly where each client that's ever come in for service is in that loyalty or retention mode. And there are tools available. And I don't want to be a spokesperson for different brands, but I know that Kukui has some very powerful tools in their back-end system and several other suppliers that are on the higher edge of the technology that will help you perform better because you'll have the data that you need to make those decisions that are tracking your client's uh, for instance, and there's another tool that you have too that's been around for a long time that I don't talk about often, but that can be very powerful for you, and that's call tracking technology where you use the 800 numbers for them to call in because you can track the activity that's happening because the first contact typically is that it's not a walk-in. They're calling up and some appointment setting uh, tools as well. And so having really great tools to extract the data and put it into what I call high-level reporting, like you said, the top-level reporting, so that you can manage your business and then share that data and the information that comes as a result with your team and then set goals to help increase that. Like um, I always call it, you know, in all businesses, you have the clients that are falling off the back of the wagon. And if you don't know how many are falling off compared to how many new clients you're acquiring and how many are your core business, it's really hard to know how to market. How do you drive loyalty? It it could be through loyalty programs, but maybe they're the wrong people you're going after. Maybe you already have a really loyal base and you need new customer acquisition. And that's where you need to spend money in 2017. So, you know, without going on and on, I think that data-driven decision-making for shop owners is becoming really a primary thing that you need to have in your business. It's all about the data. Yeah. It is so amazing. We're, we're in this, you know, computerized world. 
uh, we've, we've been saving data on servers and on disk drives for so long, and uh, people are cracking the code, and they're doing so well being able to regurgitate analysis for us. And, and I think you're right about Todd's company, uh, you know, Kakui. Uh, John, you know, we, we've got a lot of the, if you will, the, the heavy side, the, the analysis side, but I know you're just a, you're a giver and, and you do exceptional things for your customers. One uh, of the things that customer you want customers to remember you by, so you, this is what you do. Well, it's it's hard to put a you know just this is what everybody likes, and that's one of the things that uh, I've done a good job of is just listening to my customers, and um, that's what we kind of stress at with the advisors is you got to get to know each customer. You know, one customer wants to know the details. One customer wants to know the price. One customer wants to know how they're getting home. So everybody's just a little different. You got to ask the questions, then you got to listen. That's probably the most important part is listening to your customers, which uh, we do a very good job of. I I mentioned, you know, we do follow-up calls. And um, we had a guy that came in and we did a follow-up call with him and he said... You know, everything was great. We said, well, what can we do different? He says, well, you guys have all these great things for people, but you don't have anything for my dog. And I kind of <laughs> laughed and thought about it for a sec. And Good like, point. you know, you're right. So after that, you know, we have, you know, we have toys for dogs. We have treats for dogs. And, you know, people that own dogs tend to be really fanatical about their dogs. And if you're a dog-friendly place, they're all about it. You know, we'll give people rides home with their dogs and, you know, they're shocked. He'll, you let my dog in your car? Well, yeah, you know, no problem, you know, with, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it, it takes. So, um, so yeah, everybody's just a little different. Some people, you know, they, they walk by and they walk in and they're like, car's fine. Just coming to get candy. You know, we got this big old candy bowl on the front, you know, on the front, de- front desk and people just love it. So, <laughs> It's just a combination of things. There's never a silver bullet. There's never one thing that will will get everybody liking you and talking about you. You know, we walk our customers to the cars and we have reviews where people say, oh, everything was great. And they even walked me to my car. You know, who would think that that would be such a great deal? But I've been at shops where they hand the customer the keys and go, oh, your car's out in the lot. And then they got to go find it. And then they got to walk back in when there's a car parked in front of it or it doesn't start. So... So you're saying warm, friendly, engaging to the point that I could even say unexpected, unexpected. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. You know, you you got a car there for three days and and the customer was worried about how they get into work. We take, we drive to their house, we pick them up, we drop them off at work. At the end of the day, we go pick them up, take them home. You know, these are just those little things that they they talk about it, you know, And, and when you got a room full of people, you know, that are waiting to pick up their cars and you have discussions like that. You know, we've had people that have said, you know, you know, first time customers are sitting there waiting for their car. And, and when, the, when they're done, they're like, you know, I'm really glad that I sat here for the last hour because I got to see your interactions with your other customers. And I really like the way you, you handle it. So, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, to do that, you know, spend, spend the time with people. Don't worry about the other people that are in, in your waiting room. I wrote down this word, two words. I wrote down concierge service. And Jody, I bet you you could go on for an hour to tell us about concierge service, especially with what and how you work at the dealership level. But I think that needs to be an episode we need to talk about one day because I'm interviewing people, you know, twice per week. And and I know so many, so many in the industry 
And I continue to hear about these kinds of services, but I'm not sure they're packaging or branding it as a value add. And, and I think concierge services is, is going to be the right, if you will, uh, little umbrella piece that I think will make shops stand out someday. Now, Greg, you're so detailed that even the color of the wall matters, Absolutely. right? Well, everything has a purpose. Um, if you ever come to my shop, it's a small shop. I mean, again, we, we only work Monday through Thursday, uh, 200 days a year. That's it. And we, this is what we do. And so every aspect of what the customer experience is, is managed, is aware. It's like a, I called it, I think I might have even said this in that the first time we were together, 360 degree uh, touch points. So it, we're, we're all the way around every aspect of it. So it's, it's not an easy process to do. It takes time, but, um, the color of the wall, the imagery on the wall, the photo, photography, I have all my own photography on the wall there. And it's just the way it's laid out, the color of the ceiling, the type of lighting that, that lights up various things. It's the, it's a mood that you're creating. It oh. doesn't look like a job in, in the, in the front office. Here's, here's the bottom line. In order for somebody to feel feel good about coming to your place on a regular basis, they have to be comfortable with you. I, I started out as a technician, and I'm totally comfortable with grease up to my elbows and, and you know in a shop with all the smell and all that. I'm comfortable with that, but they're not. Yeah. They work in an office somewhere, and they they want it to be clean, and they don't want to see grease marks everywhere. And I don't blame them. So in order for us to do that, we have to look at it through their eyes, and then and then make the adjustments. Subtleties. It's, it's, it's something that you really just have to sort of turn up your sensitivity and get, get into what is it that they're seeing? What is there's too many signs? How many times do you see the word no? I've been in shops where it says no checks, nobody beyond this point. No, 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 no. And it's like, what, what do you, what's the message you get to the person? It's like, don't come here is with the message. So it's like, really? So, so realistically, you have to make it warm and inviting. Okay. So that means, um, I mean, you've seen shops that have this, the cookie baking, which makes the smell, which is awesome. Uh, we used to do aromatherapy in, in our shop before with that because they don't want to smell grease and oil. The sound quality in the office. And I have some work to do on that because you hear the shop in the background. But, uh, the sound quality, the visuals, we have two screens, one, one very large screen that runs 24 seven. It has 125 slides uh, we created on PowerPoint. It costs nothing other than the screen to go up there and it just flips around. It's timed specifically. Everything is, is color coordinated with, you know, all this stuff. And every aspect of this is, is tailored for these people to respond comfortably. They won't even know it. They won't even realize it, but what they do is they get that warm fuzzy. And we, and, and I know John talked about walking them to their car. We deliver the car to the front door and walk them out. If they need rides somewhere, they set up for our free loaner cars. We have loaner cars. We give them for free. They don't even have to put gas in it. I mean, we're making it super convenient for them. And, and so anything you get, you, you look at where it's not simple for them, you've got to make it easy for them. With women, the experience that she has with you, and that can be the, ex the the beginning of her experiences when she's looking for a shop or going to have, uh, you know, thinking about she needs a repair or services to the 
experience she has on the phone call, which I will say hands down is the thing that shop owners need to work on the most, the way the phone is answered. Do not put me on hold without asking me what I want. <laughs> and don't go, just about that. Because the shop environment is very noisy. But to the experience, when the meet and greet, the whole experience, keeping in touch with her during the repair so she's not nervous. Um, you know, the communication you have with her as her partner rather than talking down to her. And I love that you're talking about these subtleties like body language, like talk to me, look me in the eye. Really, don't rush me. Okay, this is important. I'm getting ready to spend money with you. And I loved your description of your waiting room area and that experience and because those are really important to consumers. And by the way, even though I'm talking about women, it matters to men too. Men. Yeah. It does. So if you can keep the women happy who are much more picky, and I, I'm going to take a pause here and share something because typically on these calls, it's mostly guys that guys tend to not see those subtleties. That was a very important point that you made. And so I always recommend bringing a woman and not your wife or someone that works in the industry to actually look at your waiting room and your process and give her feedback. Someone who works in retail would be good or just a, a mom, you know, what how do you want? I mean, she's got, she's hassled or a professional woman. Have her tell you what she thinks of that environment because in most cases, and I'm, I'm really not joking, men don't see it. They do not see the stain on the floor. They do not see that all the magazines are field and track and outdoor magazine. They don't, like that sends a message. I did a mystery shop of a very large client at one of their locations. They have over 200 locations. And, they, and I went out there and all the magazines, they had a lot of women's magazines, but they were all the same one, Soap Opera Times. Soap opera times. <laughs> and the interesting part about this location is it was in an area where like Blue Cross of California is located, like high rises. It, it was like a professional area. So you and really close. So you would think it would be a lot of professional people. And I'm like really offended because is that what you think of me? That all I do is sit around and eat bonbons and read soap opera times. So be careful. You need to have a new pair of eyes and not your own or don't have the guys sit around and tell you because you'll get some really good ideas. I will give this away for free. There's a really great thing that all shops can do, whether you have two restrooms or one restroom, is put a sign on the back of the door that says, if, you're, if you need a diaper for your child, we have them in the front. Ask for them. Because it sends a really strong message to moms that when you care, and every woman that goes in that restroom and, you, and reads that sign is going, oh, that's so cool that they think about that, that they have baby wipes and diapers for emergencies. May, and by the way, and you may not, not even ever, you may not even give one away. That's but right. At least the, yeah, and also a lot of dads you're noticing are the ones in the millennials and younger. They're, they're the ones handling the kids a lot of the time. And it sends a great message to them too, that you really are concerned about making their, the kids that come in the shop, just like I love the dog thing, by the way, that I, when all else fails, do a routine around dogs that always that always makes people happy. So, there's a comment here from William from Myers Superstore in Michigan. He he says in quotes aggressive hospitality. <laughs> that is a very interesting definition 
Um, I love to use the words bold italic in, in, in how I attack the world and how I look at things. And I love that aggressive hospitality. Thank you for that, William. Referrals. We had mentioned referrals a little while back. And is, is referrals a piece of customer loyalty today? Absolutely. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say referrals. I'm sorry. Reward oh. programs. I meant to ask sure. a reward mm-hmm. program. Oh. I, I hate them, <laughs> but... There is no such thing as a regular credit card. It's just every one of them is a rewards card. It's so even if you don't subscribe to the rewards process, you're still p- paying for it somewhere in the price of whatever it is you're buying because that's how it's funded, right? But um, as far as rewards are concerned, some people are having a great deal of luck with that kind of stuff. My particular business model is not based on price. I, I, I really try to stay out of that. Now, we do give away Greg Bucks. I have my own little Greg Bucks with my face on it um but uh we give those away for are you happy with the color of your (laughs) the color of the greg buck is important because in the paper that it's printed on is important because it has to have a tactile feel to it and it has to be have value to it it can't just be a piece of white paper It, it is it is on vellum and it's and it's like it's thick so yes I'm telling you, every bath. Listen, yeah. I, I just got a sidebar here. I love it. The bathroom fan in my restroom. I specifically went and found the loudest one I could find, and we put a sweep <laughs> on the door underneath. And you know why? Because if it's too quiet in the restroom, people have a hard time. Doing their so they need they need to have it loud. Yes. So that it drowns out. Oh, all. I mean, think about it. That's kind of one of that's the level I'm talking about paying attention to what's going on. They need to have it just make a lot of noise. Nobody knows what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, in there. Nobody. You don't have to turn on the faucet. Yep. It's like you know. <laughs> what Greg is talking about is Disney. it's totally Disney. This yeah. is totally Disney. And, and you just got to look at it from all the way around the process. Disney is not not inexpensive. They charge a lot of money, okay? And they provide that great Disney experience, right? And most of the people, yeah, they, they look, they everything, look everything, everything, like every detail, every view, every angle. I went to Disney Institute, spent two days down there, and they toured us through the Magic Kingdom in Orlando, and they said... When you walk around this corner and you see this view, this was engineered exactly like that. And so you're you're saying all, all the incredibly great things. Now, you have a rewards loyalty program with Greg Bucks, but with the with they feel important. John, do you do anything like that? We don't have an actual rewards program. Um, anybody that okay. sends us a referral, they get a thank you letter signed by me with a free oil change. Um, we have the John bucks, um, got my, my ugly mug on it. If we are 10 minutes late with getting somebody their car, they get some John bucks. We'll even go so far as to, you know, we'll see somebody roll up out front and we'll, we'll walk out and we'll say, Oh, Mrs. Jones here, give these bucks to your driver for her, you know, for, you know, bringing you here. So they have lots of uses. So we don't have an actual rewards program. However, like Greg said, we're not a price. You know, we're not all about the price. We're all about the the service and, sure. and all of that. So we do give some discounts. They're small. We don't give stuff away. Um, but yeah, you, you do need to reward your your customers when they you know when they do good things throughout the year. We have like in February, 
you know, we give out roses the entire month. Everybody gets a rose, you know, so it's not, you know, what you would call a rewards program per se, but the customers yes. remember that stuff. Those are such great oh, yeah. touches. What I hope this episode does serve up to people is to uh, not think outside the box, but break right. the box and, and do something creative. I mean, obviously, there's if you're if you're in a network or in a, in a twenty group, all you have to do is ask, "Hey, I need a clever new idea for for February." Now, Jody, you you work with big clients and small clients. What do you hear, and what is your recommendation on reward? Um, okay, so this is true story. I was in line at a CVS behind a woman carrying a Louis Vuitton bag and for guys that cost about $1,200. And she had a whole two handfuls of coupons that she was working on at the counter. It took forever. And at the end, she said, I just saved $37 and put her wallet away and walked out. So <laughs> I counsel my clients that and and I know that the word coupon, for those of you who want to have, you know, are, are not the lowest price, you have to see coupons and rewards programs from that point of view. That it used to be with the Louis Vuitton bag. That's what she bragged about. Bragging rights were that I own a Porsche or I have a, especially in California in certain areas, bragging rights, not anymore. Now it's how much money did I save and how smart am I? They have, you know, extreme couponing. This is one of the most popular shows, and there's websites and everything. You have to understand what drives them, and so you have to give them an opportunity to have that experience with you where they gleefully walk away and go, woohoo, I win. And it can be in the form of appreciation where, you know, written appreciation notes or some type of reward like the roses during February, but that's especially for women. So you need to kind of build that into your programming through the years. And so she is probably, in most cases, making the final decision on the spend with you, especially a major spend. You need to reward her. And coupons are a form of rewards. You know, have a ladies' day once a month or once a week where she gets something special. It doesn't have to be a coupon, but maybe you get free manicures on that day and invite a manicurist. And there's a lot of ways to do it. But the most important thing is for it to be consistent. This is a place that does all the things that we talk about. And I'm rewarded for my business because everybody else is rewarding me. Talbot's is rewarding me. Uh, by the way, I'm a big proponent of rewards programs. I take advantage of all of them in my own personal life because it's fun. It's like a challenge. Rewards, coupons, are they can the be. They can life? be. You need how you position okay. them. It's how you position them. And you know what? I when I'm talking about coupons, I'm not talking about the ones that you see in the auto industry because, it, like, don't give me a break coupon. How boring is that? Give me something interesting. Like, if I come in and I do business with you during this period, you're going to donate ten dollars to the charity of my choice. Yeah. That's a reward. That's incentive. Right. Or something like that. Like, I don't know if you guys did breaks for breasts or the Autotex yeah. pink wiper blades. I did a mm-hmm. huge program with that in October. And it was it for my client, which is an oil change. Valvoline, it's an oil change. It was their highest level of interaction doing a pink coupon, a double. It was the double donation mm-hmm. to the and also the pink wiper blades. You know, so I think you have to innovate there with mm-hmm. couponing and rewards and make the call to action something that's more relevant and resonates better 
and is more in line, like have a dog coupon, bring your dog in for a picture and we'll give you <laughs> dog, we'll give you bucks, you know. So right. you want to relate to your clients and each little market sort of has a different culture around what's, what's that reward. Thank you so much, Jody Devere and John Epstein and Greg Skolnick. And I want to give my audience the quote of the week. And I always did on our Facebook Live. And the quote of the week this week for everyone is this. It's from Bill Burnback. And Bill was a very famous advertising uh, guy. Here's his quote. An important idea not communicated persuasively is like having no idea at all. <clears throat> and I think it lends itself to what we're talking about today. So let's go around the room. Give me one minute, a quick tip, an idea to improve customer. I got one. Well, first of all, it always starts with your staff. I mean, these you have to hire the right people. You have to train the right people. They have to be on board your culture. They have to understand uh, what you know what it is you're trying to accomplish. They need to pay attention to what's going on and listen to these customers and clients. We call them clients. Uh, listen to them because we'll pick up clues and cues. This person is getting ready to have a baby. This person is having surgery next week. This person is going blah, blah, blah. So every, every time we get one of those, we've got a boatload of cards and we fill them out. Everybody signs it. Everybody in the shop. We, our customer care coordinator, Sarah, she's lovely. Um, she wanders around the shop with the guys and they just sign it, you know, and it's, and we send it to them. Some of the coolest responses from people is like, they just, one guy's like, I just got home from the hospital and I opened my mail and there is this card from you guys. I can't believe any shop, no shop would ever do that. Mm-hmm. It's the right thing to do is that is that they're part of our family. So cards are not expensive, folks. Just do it. OK, just pay attention and do it. Great tip. And by the way, this guy's also a part time business coach. for yeah. Elite, Right. Mm-hmm. Jody, your tip. Well, Relationships definitely matter in this business, and I think I, I would just like to emphasize the fact that hire people who are people people. Sometimes advancing your technician to the service advisor role is not a good idea because they, talk, they like to talk in technical terms. So hire people that have great people skills, and this will pave the way to great customers that really love people. By the way, there's a test that you can give uh, people that you're thinking about employing that will tell you if they're good at that, if you don't even know yourself. So find, call me and contact me. I'll give you that information. Really, relationships really matter in this business because those, those loyal customers are relationships that you're building on every year by delivering great relationship to them. They're making them feel good like you did with that guy in the hospital. I think that's awesome. Yeah. How great is that? Thanks. Great advice, Jody. Thank you. John? Well, I think probably the most important thing is, is don't just rely on one thing. Um, I sat down last year and looked at my marketing and I thought, you know, I'm going to write out all my marketing. As I, as I got into it, I thought, well, I got to write down all the unconventional marketing things, whether it's the candy bags or, you know, the flowers for February or, you know, whatever it may be. And I started writing in a page and a half later, I came up with all the things that we do for our customers on a daily basis. Because you do, you never know what the, what the customer is going to remember. You, you want to make sure that the customer remembers something positive, you know, at the end of the experience. 
you know, and it, and they're all going to be different. Like that person that wrote in their review, they walked me to my car or they had my favorite snack. They have dog treats, you know, whatever it is. Um, talk to your customers, ask your customer. You know, like Greg said, um, you know, uh, your waiting room is important. Some of my furniture came because my, you know, my customer said, Hey, you know, I, you, these chairs are awesome, but I got nowhere to put my coffee. Oh yeah. I didn't think of that. Um, so, you know, talk to your customers and listen to them. And, you know, you don't obviously need to give everybody a Ferrari, you know, as a loaner car, <laughs> you know, our customer referral program, when somebody refers a customer, they get a free oil change. So two of my advisors start off the conversation with, you know, Hey, Mrs. Jones, how do you like to never have to pay for another oil change again? And, you know, they get, they get their attention really quick and they explain how the you know, the referral program works and, and we've had several customers that don't pay for oil changes. They, you know, send people to us on a regular basis and some people do it. Some people don't. Um, but yeah, we have several programs like that and everybody, you know, gravitates towards something different. You know, we have little things for a key tags, some like that. And so the more you have to offer your customers, I think the, the better off you'll be. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.